Welcome back to The Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. Today we're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. We've been working our way through this incredible book where Paul reminds the Galatians or is reminding them of the gospel, of the reality of justification by grace through faith alone, in Christ alone, of, of all of these wonderful realities that they had once held to, they had once believed, they had once accepted, but now being influenced by the Judaizers who were leading them astray, who were leading them to, to accept these false ideas that they had to perform these religious works of the law in order to be accepted by God, uh, they had strayed away from the, the acceptance of the pure gospel. And so we've worked our way through this, and he's been laying out all of these different arguments about their relationship to the law and all of this. And what we're going to come to today is, as he looks at the Galatians, he's going to compare their former life in paganism with how he's been talking about being enslaved to the law. So it's really a very provocative way of talking about the Galatians and their relationship to the law. So let me pray for us, and then we'll read Galatians chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. And I'll offer a few comments. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it drives us again and again to the hope of the gospel, that it drives us to Jesus Christ in whom we have life and forgiveness of sins. Would you help us now to believe your word, that we might be strengthened by your word? In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So this is what Paul writes in Galatians chapter 4, beginning in verse 8. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God's. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid I may have labored over you in vain. Well, here we have a pretty bold statement, and the boldness of this statement might be missed on us if we're not paying close attention to kind of how Paul has been developing his argument for the Galatians to follow. Because what he does here is he reminds them, y'all were enslaved to those things that by nature are not God's. He reminds them of their pagan past, that they were worshiping all of these false deities, these false gods that weren't actually gods, that didn't actually have any power, that didn't actually have any authority, but nonetheless, these different gods were worshipped in different places. These would have been, you know, the gods of the Greek pantheon and, and all of those different ancient gods that we study in literature classes in college and things like that. Paul is reminding them that when you didn't know the true God, when you didn't know Yahweh, you were enslaved to those gods that weren't actually gods. And the enslavement happened in that they had to continually serve and, and continually honor these gods. And if they didn't, there were supposed consequences for that. And so they were you know, trapped in this reality of, of serving these false gods. But what's interesting is he develops this. He reminds them that now in Jesus Christ, now that they have come to know God, or he says, he kind of corrects himself here if you want to say it that way, or rather 
to be known by God. Here he's reminding them that it's God who came and got them. It wasn't that they had, you know, fumbled around and found God. It was that God had come to know them. He had revealed himself to them in his sovereign grace, sending this preacher of the gospel to announce himself in the finished work of Jesus Christ. God had come to know them. And so he wants, he asked this question now. How can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? Now, here's what's interesting about this question. He's, he has set up this contrast between what they were and what they are. They were enslaved to these false gods, the, the, the Greek pantheon that, that weren't actually gods. Now they've been known by God as they've been freed from that. And so he asked, how then can you be enslaved again to these? And he calls them in, in verse 9, weak and worthy elementary principles of the world, whose slaves you want to be once more. So the assumption would be that for some reason, the Galatians were going back to these pagan gods. But if we followed the argument through the book of Galatians, we know that that's not what was actually happening. It wasn't that they were going back to their former pagan way of life now. That wasn't the threat at all. Their threat was that they were adding works of the Jewish law, works of Torah, works of Sabbath keeping, and, and works of dietary laws, and works of circumcision. They were being told that they needed to add those things to the gospel. And that's what Paul is presenting as these weak and worthless elementary principles of the world. So here's what's so provocative about what Paul is doing, is he is you know, setting up as synonyms, seeking their identity, their hope, their security, their justification in pagan gods, and seeking their hope and security and identity, their justification in the law of Moses. Now, I mean, that, that's just an astounding idea, but but we know that's what he's doing because if we go back to chapter 4, verse 3, he says, talking about the law, talking to the Jews, we'll pick up in verse 1 so we get the context. He says, I mean that an heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner and guardian, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. Here he's picking up on this conversation he had at the end of chapter 3 about the relationship of the Abrahamic and Mosaic covenants. In the same way, he says in Chapter 4, verse 3, in the same way, we also, speaking of him and his Jewish brethren, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. In other words, he's going back to this idea in chapter 4, verse 3, of the law and its function to, to be a guardian, to lead them to Christ. And he's talking about it in terms of being enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. He uses the same stoicheia, same Greek language here with the pagan gods that they're supposedly returning to, but what they're actually returning to aren't the pagan gods in verse 9. What they're returning to in the book of Galatians is the law of God. And so here's what we, here's what we see that is so provocative and, and such an astounding point is that turning to the law for our justification, even if it's the law of Moses, even if it's, it's the law that we have in the Torah, in the, in, in, in the first five books, the, the Ten Commandments, turning 
to the law of God for our justification is of no more benefit for us than turning to pagan deities of the ancient Greek pantheon. That's the point that Paul is making. That's why th this letter would have been so provocative and so in your face because he's equating the value of the law for our justification with the value of false gods for our justification. This is an incredible statement, and it drives right to the heart of why we don't go to the law for our justification, because it offers nothing. It offers no more. The law, and I mean, this is really just, a, it, it really is kind of a mind-blowing thing to think about. The law of God offers no more for us in the way of our justification, in the way of gaining salvation, gaining standing before God, the law of God really at the end of the day offers no more to us than false gods do. Because that wasn't why the law was given. The law was given to drive us to Christ in whom we have salvation. So when Paul says they're returning to these weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more, he's just absolutely making one of the boldest theological statements about the law that you can make. Verse 10, he declares, kind of in this exasperated way, you observe days and months and seasons and years. And there's all kinds of debate here as to whether he's talking about the Jewish law or the, the ancient pagan calendars. But again, what he's doing is he's setting both of these realities in parallel, Th that they offer the same, that they, they, off they, they offer the same amount of justification, which is none. And he says... I'm afraid I may have labored over you in vain. See, the vanity of his labor would have been that if this is what they're doing, if, if they're going to try to find their justification in the law, then they've utterly missed the point of Paul's ministry. They've utterly missed the point of his message. We need to hear this. When we try to find our justification in our behavior, in our law keeping, in, in, in our kind of you know, Christian calendars that we try to observe, in our Christian traditions that we've come up with, rather than in Jesus Christ, we're making the gospel pointless. Because, again, we're either justified by grace through faith in Christ with nothing added, or we're justified by law-keeping. And so if we're going to be justified by law-keeping, then there's no point in preaching the gospel. What we need is more law. That's why Paul's saying he might have labored over them in vain, because what he has given them is not more law, but gospel. Now, the reality is, as Paul knows, and as we know, it's it's not vain. The gospel's not vain. His labor wasn't in vain because, in fact, we are justified by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, not by works of the law. And so when we go to Christ and believe that, it's not in vain that we go to Christ and believe that. But it's to the glory of our Father and to our own salvation that we go to Christ. Might we learn to run to him instead of the law. And so 
No longer be enslaved to these weak and worthless principles, but be freed from the bondage of the law of sin and death. Be freed by Christ our Savior. Amen. Thank you.